Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. What makes God sometimes angry, his wrath, and the judgment is very severe? Well, we know that God is love and his mercy endureth forever. Yet, the wrath of God against those that come against him, that disobey his voice, that work iniquity, he's angry with the wicked every day. We see about in the Word of God that this is a strange work in the last days. And we see in Isaiah 28, the Lord will do a strange work and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it, Isaiah said. Don't make fun of it or to make light of it. For I've heard of the Lord of hosts a consumption decreed upon all the inhabitants of the land. Now, God is a God of love. His mercy does endure forever. There's no greater love than what he has shown. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we were commanded to have that same love. I command that you, that you love your brethren, even as I have loved you. When we see this work in the last days, Paul even stated in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, that concerning the coming of the Lord or gathering together to him, that the day of Christ was at hand, let no man deceive you by any means. There's a great deception there. For that day won't come, will not come, until there come a falling away first. The man of sin, the son of perdition, be revealed. Who opposes all that is God or that is worshipped? And then we see some strange verses. So that he as God setteth in the temple of God, capital G-O-D, showing himself that he is God. And Paul said, remember you not when I was told you, when I was with you, I told you these things. These things are the things of faith. Only he who now let will let it until he be taken out of the way. Now, many people say that's the Holy Ghost. But he, the Lord Jesus, Christ in you, is with us until the end of the world. Amen. Through the seals, trumpets, and the vials, words fell up the wrath of God. And it seems a very strange work. It seems like it could not be God. Many will say it is not he. It is not God. And Paul said himself, For this reason, God will send strong delusion, not just delusion, strong delusion, that they might be damned who receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Righteousness is that Jesus is the Father. He came into the world, manifest the Son of God, the Father revealed, God manifest in the flesh, died, buried, rose again, declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead, went back glorified with the Father's own self, going back to my Father, Jesus said. All things, all that the Father hath, and all power in heaven and earth given unto him, set down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21. So the point is in righteousness that Jesus said that 
no more will you ask uh, the Father in my name. You will ask me, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. You ask in my name, Jesus, not Father in the name of Jesus. John 16, you will ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. For all that the Father has given has given unto me. The Father has loved me, Jesus said, and all things given unto me. Therefore, when you ask in the name Jesus, they, the mediator role was there on the cross when he made intercession for the transgressors. But now he is that spirit. In Romans eight thirteen through 17, no man knows how he ought to pray. And we see it all the way through 20, verse 23 through 27. No man knows how he ought to pray. The Spirit itself maketh intercession. What is the intercessor? What's the mediator? Who? The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered according to the will of God. That's how you build up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20. So we see there's a strange work, a strong delusion. And we're going to see that in the east wind. The Eurycladon. Eurycladon is an east wind in the book of Acts. Paul is headed to Rome. That as he has testified of the Lord at Jerusalem, so he will testify in Rome of the Lord Jesus. And that the, the book of Acts does not have an amen or an ending on it. And we see in the book of Acts, there is this Eurycladon, this east wind. And it is a wind not to fan nor to cleanse. This is a wind that separates the watercourse, Job says. This is a wilderness wind, a dry wind from the Lord coming from the east. God, whenever he separated the waters in Egypt, coming out there at the Red Sea, he separated the waters and stood upon their blank, their banks by the east wind. We see that all through the word of God, he destroys the ships of Tarshish by his east wind. And he stays the north wind and the south wind in the day of the east wind because God's judgment are always righteous. But he says they will contend with one another in that day. That is it in the balancing of the clouds. Is it appropriate? Did Israel receive the amount of judgments there for her abominations and disobedience to God. And they will debate this, whether or not it is in a balancing of the clouds. Is it righteous judgment? It is so deep in God that the Lord said it is a strange work. And to bring to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it. Don't laugh at it. Don't make light of it. 
for he will make your bands of your heart strong, just like he did Pharaoh's. This work is judgment to the lion, righteousness to the plummet. But it does not seem that a God of love will do this. So it is a strong delusion. They'll say it is not God. It is not he. God said, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. How the Lord do all these things. And in this east wind, we find in the Eurycladon, in the book of Acts, that we find that Paul is sailing and he's going to Rome. And he says that the ship that was coming into, and we begin reading in Acts 27, verse uh, 5, and when they had sailed over the Sea of Cilicia and Paraphlenia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us therein. And when he had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Natus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmoni. And hardly passing it, came to a place is called the Fair Havens, nigh were unto the city of Lycia. Now these winds are God's purpose and will. And just like Paul, he had uh, uh, went north, south, and east, and the Holy Ghost forbade him. Then he had the vision of the Macedonian man come over here and help us. These winds in our lives are for the will of God to be worked out, even though they may seem to be disastrous. A time of sorrow, of great pains and sufferings, shipwreck, in other words. As we see here in this Eurycodon, this east wind, that when much time was passed, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. Now they're on that ship, they're fasting. And said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. This is also admonishing us. In the day of the east wind, he will stay the north and the south wind in the day of the east wind. The north wind and the south wind are to blow upon God's garden that the sweet incense thereof may flow out. Let my beloved come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruit. There's the wind. It's a wilderness wind. It's the wind of the east. Here we find it in the book of Acts. Right before it stops, it pauses. There's no amen at the end of the book of Acts. For the former rain will literally go right into the latter rain, which 2,000 years ago we had Shavat, 
Pentecost. Now we're coming into the last day reign of the Holy Ghost, the last great reign of his strength, and it will go right on into the last reign of the Holy Ghost, the latter reign. And there will be an amen then, which is singing the song of the redeemed, the song of the lamb, which is masculine, it is finished. In other words, the body of Christ has come to perfection. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now, as we look at this east wind, and because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenicia and there to winter. Now, know this, this is a time of winter. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be a time of great tribulation, since it never was of, since it was a nation, no, nor ever shall be again. And except those days be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, God has shortened those days. It's in the night when they said a man-child is birthed. That is the woman bringing forth the church, bringing forth Christ in them to the fullness, to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfection for the work of the ministry. Well, this is the time there to winter. They think they will, according to their own will, which is an haven of Crete. And we know the Christians are slow bellies whose God is their belly, Paul said so himself, and lie toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycladon. There's that east wind. We're going to have this east wind here in the last days, not to fan nor to cleanse. It's not the Holy Ghost there fan whose fan is in his hand and will thoroughly purge his floor, nor to cleanse, not a cleansing wind. It's a judgment wind from God that according to your deeds, your own ways have procured these things unto you. It's called an east wind. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. No man can have their own way in this wind from God, this dry wind, this wilderness wind. And we're all going to have it in our last days. The body of Christ will know exactly what it is. It is a work. It's a strange work. It's an act. It's a strange act. Judgment to the line. Righteousness to the plummet. All God's ways are judgment. This overflowing scourge has surprised the hypocrite. The ones that go to church. Thinking that everything is peaceful. And Jesus has sent peace. But he said, you think I come to send peace on earth, but rather a sword. 
the sin of man at variance. A man against his son, the father against his son, mother against her daughter, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. And a man's foes will be those of his own household. In other words, the ones that do not agree in the gospel of Jesus Christ. No two can walk together except they be agreed. There will be a win that will literally shadow and hit that will shatter the old ship. And only the ones that abide in that ship will be saved. Just as the book of Acts is coming to a pause in the former reign, and we're going to pick it up in the latter reign, we see the same things happening. Paul, they let that ship drive because God's will will be done. No man can stay it. Stop it. And it says, and running under a certain island. When it says certain in the word of God, that's that certain Saint Palmoni, the wonderful number of the revealer of secrets running under a certain island, which is called Clauda. We had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strike sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, notice that east wind, tossed to and fro, the same when Jesus compelled his disciples to go to the other side. He went up to a mountain to pray. Then a great tempest came in a storm. And the disciples said, we perish. That is the 600, three score and six, we perish. Having the same Bible numerics as we're totally lost. And Jesus came to him walking upon the water. They were exceedingly tossed with the tempest, this east wind. The next day, they lightened the ship. The third day, now remember the third day, God will raise us up and we will live in his sight. We're coming to a third day here. It's kind of where I raise you up. And the third day, we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, we're going to see that in the last day. Sun turn into darkness, the moon into blood. The stars that be in heaven shall be literally shaken, darkened. And no small tempest lay on us. That's the east wind. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. In the last days it will say, the Lord hath forsaken us. There's no hope. We're hated of all nations. Some of us are being put to death. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. It will seem a hopeless. Heavens will be turned to brass. The heavy, Eurycladon, the heavy east wind, the heavy dry wind, a wilderness wind. And that's the reason why in Revelation 12, we have 
two wings of a great eagle given to the woman, the church, where she flieth into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God. Not somebody, but many will try here, just like they did in the book of Acts in the 27th chapter. They will try to buy property in a remote area, thinking that whenever this tribulation hits and trouble, that they will make their own bunkers. They will have food stored up for many years. They will literally be nourished themselves by preparation they have made, and it will fail. The only ones that live in by faith, just as it was with Elijah, putting their faith in God and God alone, the Lord Jesus Christ, will be fed as Elijah was by a raven, a steak sandwich daily, bread and meat, and delivered by a raven. The earth helped the woman, swallowed up the flood. We find that God, even at this time of great, a time of a wilderness wind, a tempestuous wind, that God said, I'll be a little sanctuary for you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But at this time, it seemed that all hope was gone, was lost. And after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. We should hearken to the mouth of the voice of God through the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But because everyone will seek their own ways and not have loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Why? Because in the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world, Jesus said. For there shall be no loss of any man's life. There is a sifting going on among the nations. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. The Lord says, I love you with an everlasting love. I have you engraven, sealed in the palms of my hand. That's an everlasting love. But the flesh will have to come to an end. Being crucified, the affections and the lust of the flesh coming unto perfection in Jesus Christ. And that's where many will think that we, the body of Christ, have been forsaken, that the Lord hath forsaken us. But nothing can separate us from the love of God. The work that he's doing is a strange work. It'll bring us, the body of Christ, to the end of ourselves. Because he says there in Deuteronomy 32, in this work, for the Lord will judge his people. That doesn't sound right. No, you mean the Lord will judge the sinners? No. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. There's your east wind, the Eurycladon. He stays the north wind, the south wind, the day of the east wind. Now, a wind not to fan or to cleanse. The wind of God Almighty. That wind of God that will part the a Red Sea that will destroy the ships of Tarshish. The same wind 
there will be upon the head of the righteous as well as the wicked. The good news is the righteous will stand in that day. The wicked will be swept away with it. We will stand in the evil day. That's the good news. In the Lord Jesus Christ, we will stand. Here we have uh, this trumpet sound, an alarm in God's holy mountain, the kingdom of God, and cry, alas, alas for the day. The day of the Lord cometh, a day of the east wind cometh. A day of the Lord Jesus is coming as a destruction from the Almighty, so shall it come. It is a wind, a tempestuous wind, a tempest that only will those that know their God and are sealed will be able to stand in that day. How do we know this is a night vision? It's in the night. We're in the man-child is birth. It's in the night that Jesus comes forth in fullness in the body of Christ. Weeping endureth for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Here's we're having it. And Paul said, there will be no loss to any man's life. Just as as Amos warned us and showed us in Amos 9, verse 9. There's the same thing going on among the nations. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. God will not lose any of those that are his. But I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, not by peace, by the sword, the word of God, that say, no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. No trouble, no tribulation, no birth pains are going to happen to us. These birth pains will seem like we're going to die. It's a time of sorrow. All these are the beginning of sorrows. But at that time, there will be a man-child birth, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon and under her feet, upon her head a crown of 12 stars, crying and travailing to be delivered will bring forth a man-child caught up to God and to his throne. Not a rapture, but we're finding it in the wilderness because two wings of a great eagle is what's given to us for the flight. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Why? Because then shall be a time of great tribulation. Such as there never was, such as was a nation, no nor ever shall be again. And at that time, God said, snow, hail, and fire in this day of the east wind. God fulfilling his word. It's a strange work. It's a very strange act. It's judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet, that we might know the height, depth, length, and width of Christ, reveal in and through the body of Christ, coming unto perfection. It's overflowing scourge. It is an overflowing scourge, just like it overflowed. Uh, The ship was just driven. There was no way that they could control it. It was all of God. Notice what Paul says. He says, uh, there will be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. The ship will be destroyed. 
all their will that we think we have, peace and safety will be 100% only on the Lord Jesus Christ. That wing, two wings of a great eagle will allow us to fly upon this wilderness wind. And we will fly into the wilderness where we have the place prepared of God, not of us, a place prepared of God, where we're nourished from the face of the serpent. The face of the serpent is a false face. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. What is that revelation? The Lord Jesus is that spirit. He is that God. He is the Elohim. He is the Jehovah Lord God Almighty. He is the Father. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, to the same image of Jesus? Yes, exactly. Not in the sweet by and by, but before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. For the Lord is coming back for a church that has made herself ready without spot and without blemish, perfect in all her ways, that we all may be presented blameless at his coming, both spirit, soul, and body. Paul said, there stood by me this night, here's the night visions, as it was in the former rain, so it will also be in the latter rain, except greatly multiplied, greater glory. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whom I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with you. Are we all on that ship of Zion? Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. When it says certain, there was a certain man. It will happen again in the latter days. This saint, Daniel 8 said unto that certain saint, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders until the sanctuary be cleansed? That certain saint is certain that it will come to pass. That certain is Pavona, the wonderful number of, the revealer of secrets. This is an admonition for us to know that God will do a work in the last days that will seem so strange that if we're not walking in God, we will think it's not him. It is not God. We see this same thing. Except you abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. You've got to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Jeremiah 4 about this strong delusion. The line, Jeremiah says, the first vision that he sees, what do you see, Jeremiah? The prophet to the nations. I see a rod of an almond tree. 
A rod is a rod of the stem of Jesse. It's Christ, a revelation of Christ. And in obedience to him, I see a rod of an almond tree. Almond is Luz, which is first called Bethel, was first called Luz. Bethel, house of God. So this is a rod of the house of God. It's a rod of an almond tree. And God said, that is we'll see. This is the rod of the church, the rod of the stem of Jesse. This is Christ. It's going to be revealed in the church. Thou hast well seen, Jeremiah. I will hasten my word to perform it. Thank God for that. Then there's a second vision. What sees that, Jeremiah? I see a seething pot, a boiling pot. The face thereof is toward the north. For out of the north, a great evil shall befall all the inhabitants of the land. Somebody said, but that won't be on the righteous as well as the wicked. Ezekiel 21 said, yes, it will. God draws forth his sheep out of its scalpers against all flesh, against the righteous as well as the wicked, that all may know that I am the Lord God that has drawn forth my sword against all flesh. Somebody said, that's not God. Yes, it is. That is an east wind. It's a dry wind, not to fan nor to purge. It's a wilderness wind. We will be nourished from the face, that false devil, that false doctrine of Christ. We'll be nourished from the face of that serpent for a time, times, and dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months. But notice what Jeremiah says. He goes on. And he said, this will befall all the inhabitants of the land. And in Jeremiah 4, he said, blow the trumpet in the land. Blow this trumpet, the alarm of war. And gather together and say, assemble yourselves. And let us go into the defense, the defense cities. Set up a standard toward Zion. Retire, stay not. For I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. Now that's God. The lion is come up from his thicket. The destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He is gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate against Israel. And against the church, you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. If you call the name of Jesus, they will hate that name, Jesus. And thy cities shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. That's against all the cities of the world. Not just Israel. This Antichrist will rule. And it come to pass. For this, gird you with sackcloth. Lament and howl. Only the ones that are sealed in the last days. In Ezekiel 9, with that seal, with that mark, are the ones crying out for the sins and abominations done in Jerusalem. And the ones that are crying out, and they will be sealed and will be marked by this one that has a rider's inkhorn by his side, Six men with a destroying weapon, and they will go out to destroy all. 
old, young, small, and great. And only those that have the mark of God will be spared. And that mark is a tav. It is the last letter. It's a cross. It is the last letter of the Hebrew ABC theory. That means those are the ones of perfection. They've gone for the Lof, Bof, Gamal, Dala, uh, all the way to the Tav for the salvation of the people of God, the servants of our Lord God. And it's going to take all to stand in that evil day. He says here, why? Because the fierce anger of the Lord's not turned back. There's the east wind. Paul's on the ship. 14 days fasting. 14 is the number of salvation in Bible, in Bible uh, numerics. The angel of the Lord stands by. Ships destroyed, but not one man's life that stays and abides in a ship will be lost. He says here, and it shall come to pass at that day saith the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish, the heart of the princes, the priests shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder what's going on. It is a strange work. Totally what different than what everyone thought or what was preached or what was thought to be God. So great a profound difference in what we thought was the truth in the work of God, this strange work, bringing to pass his act, his strange act. The prophets are wondering. Jeremiah himself says, Jeremiah 4, verse 10, Then said I, Jeremiah, Ah, oh, Lord God, exclamation mark, Surely thou hast greatly deceive this people and Jerusalem saying you shall have peace whereas the sword reaches unto the soul at that time shall it be said to the people and to Jerusalem a dry wind a east wind, a dry wind, a wind from the wilderness, a Eurycodon, what the book of Acts, that east storm wind that hit the ship. And except we bide in that ship, we cannot be saved. A dry wind of the high places in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan nor to cleanse even a full wind from those places shall come unto me. Now also will I give sentence against them. This is the fullness of judgment according to our ways. What has happened? Behold, he shall come up as clouds. And his chariots shall be as a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe unto us, for we are spoiled. It's coming. It's coming right now. 
Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness. That thou mayest be saved, how long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? For a voice declares from Dan and publishes, publishes affliction from Mount Ephraim. What are they? Make your mentions to the nations. Behold, publish against Jerusalem that watchers come from a far country and give out their voice against the cities of Jerusalem. We come down to voice, the verse 19, my bowels, my bowels, my very heart. What does he say? I am pained at my very heart, my very spirit. For my heart maketh a noise within me. I cannot hold my peace because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction is cried, for the whole land is spoiled. Suddenly are my tents spoiled and my curtains in a moment. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? After God has accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Or time, times and dividing of a time. We're in these days now. Somebody said, well, there's no way that could be God. I mean, we're going to be pre-tribulation raptured out of this thing. No, no, you're not. You're going through it. We're all going through the seals, trumpets, and vows. We will be there in the armies of heaven. There we will come down with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see there, we know that there's not a pre-trib rapture as we've been told in Revelation 4.1 because John hears the voice of a trumpet, a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet. This trumpet is talking with him. That trumpet is the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a clarion call of this alarm of war. And it's a battle of faith, the battle of the ages that will end in the destruction of the wicked. But before then, all the body of Christ, he said, for the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil, the trouble, the tribulation. When he sees their powers gone, all of our works of our hands that we have done we haven't seized from our own labels yet. We think, well, the Lord will take this or take that. When we, when the Lord sees that our power's gone and there's none shut up or left, that the Lord, through the convicting power and fire of the Holy Ghost, literally has sanctified us holy, burning up all the dross, coming forth as pure silver, as a glorious church and those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. This will be the work of God that does it. He said it. He stated it. Jeremiah said, it looks as if you've deceived the people. God, it looks that way, but he hasn't. It looks that way. There, they look for peace. 
And behold, the sword reaches even unto the soul. He says there in Deuteronomy 32, this work, because our rock that we think is rock, this false trinity doctrine is not the rock, one God. Your rock's not our rock. The rock, capital R-O-C-K, is Christ, God Almighty, who Jesus is, the Father of glory. Their rock's not our rock. They, the, the nations themselves being witnesses. How should one chase a thousand to put 10,000 to flight, except their God had sold them and shut them up and forsaken them? Why? Because it's a false Christ. For the Lord will judge his people, the people of God. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. And the righteous scarcely be saved. That means with difficulty, with trouble, with tribulation. There's your east wind, with a tempestuous wind. And uh, we, the Lord, will literally save all his people there in uh, the second coming the second advent when he comes for the salvation of his saints when he comes the second time with that sinner salvation. That whole work of God, it's a strange work. Bring the past this act, a strange act. What is it? Judgment laid to the line. That's our relationship one to another. Commandment I give you that you love one another even as I've loved you. That charity will abound one toward another in the body of Christ, not denomination body of Christ and righteousness to the plummet. That's the height and depth knowing who Jesus is. He is the father that came down manifest in the earth, the son of God, the father revealed and goes back to where he was before. So their ceiling is Christ in the height, depth, length and width. And after that, the Lord judging his people, then he will literally set up his sanctuary and enter in the age of the kingdom. The kingdom age, the millennial reign, the thousand-year reign, mentioned seven times in the book of the Revelation. But before we get there, here's the time that it's going to seem like God has forsaken the earth. It's going to be a time that the cities are overthrown. It's going to be a time of gross darkness upon the people a day of dark, darkness and gross darkness upon the people. During this time, God said, uh, there, it's by my sword. Jeremiah said, Lord, it's, it is as if you've deceived your people and Jerusalem, saying peace, and behold, the sword reaches into the soul. The Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil, of the trouble, the tribulation of this east wind. And when he sees their power's gone, their power, not Holy Ghost power, their power's gone. They're at the end of their human strength, not leaning to their own strength, their own ways. They see from their, they've ceased from their own labors. They've entered into the rest of God. Paul said, we just let the ship, let it drove where 
Let it drive where it wants to drive. Carry it away with a Eureka the east wind. God's will being done. That's in the former rain. We're coming into the latter rain, the last great rain of his strength. And he said, when there's power, it's gone, and there's none, shut up or left. No present. All in the liberty of the Holy Ghost. Then the Lord at that time will set up his, his kingdom. It's here upon us. It's a strange work. It's a strange act. This work that God's doing now and sealing his people, the ones that think, oh, no, we don't need that. Nah, it's nothing. You don't have to hear for the time to come. Oh, that my people will wise, that they would consider their latter end to the law, to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and to the testimony, the testimony of Jesus, the faith that was once delivered to the saints. If any speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Not some light. No light. It's how serious it is. We're living in this time, the greatest time to be alive. The Lord is warning his people now. The trumpet is blowing in Zion. Sound alarm in my holy mountain. Cry out, cry out. The day of the Lord comes to die at hand. As a destruction of the Almighty. Before it comes, there is the winds. We've got to have the ceiling. The apocalyptic ceiling of Revelation 7 of the servants of God in their forehead. We'll talk about the order of the tribes being changed in Revelation 7 from the regular order of the battle order and why. Tune into the podcast. Now, thank you, those that are, are standing with us with your prayerful support and your financial giving. Your generous offerings are, offerings are how we stay on and do the podcast. Therefore, we thank you. We pray God to bless that, your offering, some 30, 60, 100 fold for standing in the work of God. If the Holy Ghost has more witness with your spirit that this is the truth, or you'd like to know more, write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or if you have a question, or you'd like to become one with us, Drop me a message at any of our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Look forward to hearing from you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the Real Jesus.